but he controlled his fire to lead Israel exactly where they needed to go. And he wouldn't take it away. He didn't take it away. You know what that tells me? You still have it. You don't feel it. Have you sat alone and asked for it? Have you turned off your phone, turned off Netflix, stopped talking to your whatever, told your kids, listen, mama needs some time with the Lord tonight. Do you get up early? Do you sit? Do you wait for it? Do you wait for it to come? And when he speaks, do you listen? Because right here he's saying he did not take it away. And we know out of the New Testament, when we receive the Holy Spirit, it sticks with us. It's time now for the Autumn Miles Show. Hey, hey, guys, it's your girl, Autumn Miles. Welcome. And I do mean welcome for we're just going to have fun today. I'm super feeling it today, you guys. (laughs) But listen, I'm on fire. I feel filled with the spirit uh, today, which may, you may or may not feel whenever you hear the message after the break, but I'm feeling it. I feel them close to me. I feel them in the studio. I did the elliptical this morning for your sakes. <laughs> I did 700 calories just to make me as exhausted as possible so that I didn't overwhelm you. But y'all, I am telling you, This is a word from the Lord and it's from his word. And that's what we want. That's what we want. We don't want any milk. We want the meat of God's word, right? If you're listening to this show, you're not intimidated by the meat. You're like, bring it on. Give me that steak. Give me that meatloaf sandwich. Well, I got one for you today, guys. I am so thankful for y'all support. You guys are just downloading. Listen, share share, share these series. Okay. I have always, let let me, let me tell you a little something about myself. I have always been like, I don't want to ask people to do this because what if they think whatever. And the Lord just kind of smacked me around a little bit the way the Holy spirit does. And just said, what are you doing? Ask them to do something. So I want you to share. I want you to subscribe. I want you guys to like get this. We drop every Tuesday. Like we're pretty steady over here. If you know anything about me, consistency is a huge deal in my life. So we're going to be dropping this thing every Tuesday. Share and subscribe. Use this stuff. Like use it in your churches and your small groups. Uh, You have an open invitation to do that because Um, I just, we want to reach as many people for Jesus that we can. And yeah, so there's just an open invitation for that. So here's the thing we are, and I, we don't have a commercial or anything for this, but I'm going to say it so y'all can hold me accountable to do it. We want to take the autumn mile show on the road. We had a whole retreat last week. And it was, you guys, the unity. We met with Mike. We met with Jess, who are our producers here um, that are actually listening to this as I do it live. They're incredible. But we had like a whole production meeting with my team, with his team, about what we want to see. And we really, we want to come on the road, okay? I want to do one of these on the road. We want to do them in your churches and your whatever, whatever, whatever. Listen, I have spoken in some really weird places, (laughs) 
<laughs> not much scares me. Um, but but if you're interested, email hello at autumnmoz.com so you, we can just maybe set up, uh, give you some guidelines and stuff like that that we're definitely going to need. But we want to take the show on the road. My goal even though I've not discussed this with anybody else except our preliminary conversation is to do it by the fall. That's what I'm looking for. So if you want to have um, a show like in-house email, hello at autumnmiles.com. Okay. So I'm not, I'm not going to like burden you with any other announcements. Okay. So I have the most incredible story to tell you. My kids, Avi, I'm going to talk about my babies, uh, but what's happening in my life is my kids just got back from church camp, okay? My older kids, my older kids, we attend Gateway Church in the DFW area. I don't ever say where we attend. I really don't know why. I haven't over the years, but I need to tell you about what happened at this church camp because that's the church camp that they went to. We, we, we sent them off to camp praying all week. Oh God, get a hold of their hearts. And I got good kids. Like my kids are, they're great. They know they've been trained in the ways of the Lord. Um, but you know, it is so different when your kids just, it becomes their own faith. It's not just your faith. It's their own faith. Like they can watch mom and dad, like to a point, but eventually they have to adopt their own faith and they have to grow and build their own faith. So they went back, they went to camp. Eddie had to go pick them up just on Sunday. They were coming back. Eddie had to go pick them up, which I hate that. Cause I'm like, I want to know all the details first. And it's so funny. Cause Eddie knows we've known, I mean, we've been parents a long time. So when they get in the car, he's like, don't say a word. Don't tell me anything. Cause your mom's going to want to hear it fresh. They walk in the door and my son Jude, now both of them, uh, God did a lot. Both of them were like, I mean, so many things, like I could talk forever. But uh, my son Jude is like, I've made brownies for them. And and the brownie timer kept beeping. And he's like, mom, sit down. I have to tell you this. You guys, when I tell you that God radically spoke to my son and my daughter, he did. Um, He said Friday night, he was sitting, you know, in the service or whatever. And he said he was, you know, there's sometimes when you're in church, when you're, you just, there's like a block almost like I'm not really understanding or hearing or whatever. And he just started praying and he, I have his permission to tell the story. Uh, He just started praying through this block and he just felt like he wanted to pray for the Holy spirit in his life. He wanted to, he wants to see the power of the Holy spirit. He wants to experience what everyone is talking about. And he said, the Lord gave him one word and you guys are not even going to believe this. And the word that he gave my son and my son doesn't know that I do series on stuff. (laughs) The one word that God gave Jude was fire. He said that as soon as he said fire, Every, every worship song was about fire, about the consuming fire of the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to tell you this story, and I want you just to understand how precious this is. If you guys are parents out there and you love Jesus, like you like you're, you're locked in. Um, but he said that him and several other people prayed over a girl, I believe it was a girl that had been told that her right leg 
was she had a degenerative disease in her right leg and him and his friends prayed for this girl who has constant pain in her right leg and she was instantly healed because this is gonna make me cry because of these kids interceding for her um he said that a lot of people were giving him you know were encouraging him and um but the change in him is the camp was incredible send your kids to camp for goodness sake send them they want to go they want to go they need to go church camp i would recommend this this camp to anyone ever ever it was really special but he came home and he said mom i feel completely different it was like i'm filled with joy I'm filled with peace. He said, I don't have any anxiety. He said, all I know is that I am supposed to spread the fire of God. And he said, a little, a boy came up to him and this is crazy. Like your kids understand spiritual things, guys. If he called Jeremiah when he was young, he is calling your kids too. Don't tell me he doesn't use generation Z when Jeremiah one is talking all about him calling uh, Jeremiah at a young age. And one of the biggest things, one of the biggest pushbacks of Jeremiah was um, I'm a youth. Guess what? Who else did he call? David, King David, little shepherd boy, David, who wasn't even considered to be anointed by by Samuel and wasn't even considered. Don't tell me. Do not tell me. God does not use these kids because I see it in my kids. We all should be encouraged by the generation. Okay, tangent, totally preaching here. Anyway, he said he had a boy come up to him and he said, I feel like God has told me something for you. And Jude's like, yeah, like, tell me what it is. And he said, the only word I got, I only got one word. And he said, fire. Mic drop. Jude's faith plummets through the ceiling. I said, son, you're going to die. I went and got my promo that we put out on social for this series. And I said, I want you to look at what mom is teaching through the next couple of weeks. And he, I showed him and it's one word, fire. This kid is on fire. And I'm telling you what, there is something about seeing your kids get it, get it. He looked at me, he didn't remember saying this, but I t- he totally said this. Um, he looked at me and he said, mom, I've seen you and dad do it for so long. And he said, and now it's mine. It's my own. And as a mom, Obvi, we've been praying that over all four of our little munchkins um, since day one. So that's what's happening in my life. Maybe next week I'll talk to you about grace because that is a whole nother praise. But um, we have just been so blessed by that. And um, it's amazing to see what God told me when he was a baby actually come to life. So, okay. We're going to talk about fire. Get fire right after the break. The Holy Spirit is here. He's amongst us. He's in my studio. He's going to speak through this mic. Thank you, Jesus, for being here. We love you. I'll see you right after the break. Every day, a new day. Yeah. Vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day. Yeah. Let's go, X-Y-Z-A, What do you do when you can relate more to Jezebel, Rahab, or Eve, rather than Esther or Mary? To her shock, author Autumn Miles discovered most of the heroes of the Bible were plagued with the same problem. They were ordinary people who sinned deeply, but God's love, mercy, and truth proved greater. In her book, I Am Rahab, 
Autumn provides a better understanding of God with a focus on the breadth of His reach to use and redeem all things for His purposes. You will find comfort in relating to Rahab the biblical harlot and to Autumn's own raw story of surviving domestic abuse and will be encouraged to know you are not alone in a life disrupted by bad choices, nor are you meant to stay there. You can move forward from your past and have an abundant future. To find out how you can get a copy of I Am Rahab, go to autumnmiles.com and click on the Books tab. That's autumnmiles.com. Every day, a new day, yeah. Vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day, yeah. Let's go. X, Y, Z, A. Yeah. Okay, guys, we're back. I'm so excited to be back. I missed you, even though it was 30 seconds. Okay, so last week we talked about, and I have like seven pages of notes. Don't let that overwhelm you. I just want to get it right. Remember that one thing I got wrong in the Lion Lamb series? I'm still regretting it because I'm a perfectionist. I have all of these notes in front of me, and I want to kind of recap last week. Last week, we talked about Hebrews 12, 29 says, for our God is an all-consuming fire or a consuming fire. Now, what that means is he is a fire. It's not what he does. It's what he is, okay? Our God is a consuming fire. I took you to the new uh, to the Old Testament where it talked about the Israelites seeing the spirit of God descend on Mount Sinai and they described it as a consuming fire, okay? In Deuteronomy, it talks about God being a consuming fire. It's not what he does, it's who he is, okay? That consume, that word consume um, means to utterly destroy, utterly. And I told you last week, he is the fire that consumes the fire, which is why Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego could walk through the fire of that fiery furnace and come out without getting their hair singed, without them being hurt in any way, because the consuming fire was in the furnace with them, which burnt up, what did I say last week? The blazing fire. The blazing fire ain't got nothing on the consuming fire. Okay, that's a recap. But as God is the consuming fire, today I want to talk to you about the fact that he can consume everything. He is a consuming fire that utterly destroys his, specifically his enemies. And just in the original language, it means enemies and it means oppression. Okay. Those are the may, the big things that the Lord consumes with this all consuming fire. He's also a controlled fire. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. And I really am obsessed with everything I'm about to share with you. I grew up in Indiana. Okay. So I grew up in like the cornfields of Indiana. Your girl loves a cornfield. When I see a cornfield in Texas or like if we're driving through and we like drive through Arkansas or whatever, or Illinois, and I see a cornfield, your girl feels at home. Okay. I am a city girl. I'm like, I was made for the city. And I know that God knew that I was going to spend most of my life in Dallas and in, you know, big cities. I mean, just because I love my lashes and my nails doesn't mean I don't also love a cornfield. Right. So I grew up in this house. It was a parsonage, parsonage actually, 
which if you, I don't even know if they do that anymore. Like, I don't, I don't, I'm, and there's no one to ask because everyone's muted. Um, I don't even know if they do that anymore, but a parsonage, my dad was a pastor and that's a house that the church owns, that the church basically lets the pastor live in because he's pastoring the church. It's like a perk of, of being a pastor. And so we lived in a parsonage like growing up and I just didn't think that it was like any big deal. I, I just thought everyone lived in parsonages, but now I'm thinking that was really not a correct thought because not everyone's pastor. Anyway, on the property that we lived on, there was huge maple trees. I think, I think they were maple. I don't know. Maybe they were oak. I don't know. In my head, they're maple trees. Maybe someone told me that, uh, but they could have been any tree. All I know is that they were ginormous. I, I constantly played in these trees. I was outside all the time because my mom, you know, me and my brother and sister are only 17. Heather is 17 months older and David is 17 months younger. So we were frustrating kids because we fought all the time. We argued all the time. So my mom would be like, go outside, go outside. And so we would, and we would climb these maple trees. They were stunning. As a matter of fact, when I go home to Indiana, I have taken my trees, my trees, my children multiple times to the trees and they've climbed the very trees that I climbed when I was a kid. But these maple trees have humongous leaves on them. I mean, like the size of your hand, you know, look down at your hand and that's the size of a leaf. And um, they're beautiful and they're so beautiful, like in the fall time, especially in Indiana, where they're like orange and purple and all the crazy colors. But you know, <laughs> mid-October, <laughs> that those bad boys are gonna fall on the ground. And in Indiana, you have to rake those leaves. And you know my dad, well, y'all don't know my dad, but I know my dad. He would bring us all out, like everybody out. Everyone but him got a rake, which hindsight, not fair. But he would make us all rake these leaves. And I'm, t I'm saying like there was 20 trees on the property that we lived in. So it's kind of like the task that you're always gonna fail at. Because when you rake, 40 leaves fall from that one tree while you're raking in the fall time in, in Indiana. But what he would do is he would take our leaves and we would we were told to make piles and he would put the piles together and then he would come by and he would burn the piles of leaves that we put together. And I don't even know if you're supposed to do that anymore, but in the eighties, that's how we rolled. Okay. So he would literally light the leaves on fire and he would call them controlled fires. There was trash cans. We had really metal. We have a lot of plastic trash cans now, but in the day, man, I'm feeling really old, but in the day we'd have these huge metal trash cans and they were kind of ugly, but we would put things, uh, these leaves inside of it and we would burn them and it would be a controlled fire. It was controlled so that, why was it controlled? So that it would not burn something that it was not supposed to burn. And when I was thinking about my childhood, that is precisely what God does with his all-consuming fire. He 
can consume everything. If dad would have let that, those, like if he would have um, just let the fires go and not paid attention to them or not put them in the um, trash can that was metal or whatever, um, it would have burned up the whole yard. It would burn up, burn up the whole trees. It would have burned up all of our house because it would have spread. But he didn't because he controlled it because he was only trying to burn up the one thing. And as I was thinking about this, and as I was thinking of what I talked about this week, this passage of scripture, and I've got a lot of scripture today, so buckle up, buttercup, um, ran through my mind. Exodus 3. Now, I've talked, I talked about Moses all the time. I'm never going to stop because I'm obsessed. My son's name is Moses, you know. But this perspective... I've never spoke of before. Exodus 3 says this. Now Moses was pasturing the flock of his father-in-law, whose name was Jethro, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. The angel of who? The Lord appeared to him in uh, what kind of fire? blazing fire, verse two, from the midst of the bush. And he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire, yet the bush was not consumed. Now that word consumed matches perfectly the word consumed that I talked to you guys about last week. It utterly consumes. But this particular fire was a blazing fire and God stopped the fire from consuming. Okay. Verse three. So Moses said, I must turn aside now and see this marvelous sight. Why the bush is not burned up. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, here I am. Then he said, don't come near me. Remove your sandals from your feet for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And he said also, I am the God. He identifies himself. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Then Moses hid his face for he was afraid to look at God. Now I'm not going any further. I'm going to, um, I'm just going to stop right there, but this is a picture of exactly what I want to talk to you guys about today. The bush was burning. It could have been consumed, but it wasn't, it was not consumed. And this puzzled Moses. So he turned to look, the fire of God is controllable by God himself. Yes, last week we talked about how it just kind of roam, runs free and, you know, it can consume whatever. And yes, that is that is it. But also the consuming fire is controlled. I am going to have a huge point at the end of all of these passages of scripture, but I want to give you a picture of how God can destroy, but doesn't. How he can overcome us, but doesn't. He could have let Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego die in that fiery furnace, but he didn't. He doesn't have to walk with us through trials, but he does. He can let them overcome us, but he doesn't. He himself is the all-consuming fire, but the all-consuming fire is also a controlled fire. I want to go to Exodus 13. Um, and I want to get through all of these verses because they the bomb. All right. 
13. Here we go. This also shows you a picture, and I've got a point. It's going to take me a while to get there. I got one point for this whole message. Exodus 13, verse 21. He also is manifesting himself to Israel as fire. 1321, the Lord was going before Israel. Now this is right before they crossed the Red Sea. He was going before them in a pillar of cloud by day to lead them on the way and in a pillar of fire by night to give them light that they might travel by day and by night. And listen, he didn't take it away. Verse 22, he did not take away the pillar of cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. This is also a beautiful picture of the all-consuming fire controlling his fire. Could he have let the fire of the pillar run rampant and consume all of Israel whenever they mouthed off because they were so mouthy um, to him? Could he have done that? Could he have constantly been consuming every single person in the camp that came against him? I mean, think of all of the people that were constantly berating Moses and Aaron and everybody. Could he have done that? No, he controlled the fire because that's how good our God is. And with that controlled fire, he led them. And this is what it says. He didn't take it away. This controlled fire, once you become a believer, is a part of you forever. This controlled fire, now listen, I know you might be saying, well, my fire's dim. I can't feel the Lord. Well, you know what? Have you asked him to overwhelm you with the fire of his presence? Are you just sitting there saying, well, God must not be with me anymore. Um, I don't feel him anymore. Well, have you, is he welcome in your soul? Is he welcome in your prayer life? Is he welcome to disrupt your life and come in and bring the heat? Is he welcome to do that? Because God knows where he, although he's there, God also knows if he's actually welcome, you want, you want him to interrupt your life or not? Do you want him there? Have you welcomed him there? Have you welcomed him to his leadership there? Because this verse right there says, verse 22, he did not take away the pillar of cloud by day, nor the pillar of cloud by night from the before the people. He presented himself as a fire because that is uh, one of the signs that it was God. That's how he presented his presence. And you can even go to Acts 2 when um, he gave us the Holy Spirit after his resurrection. There were tongues of fire. You can read that for yourself. But he controlled his fire to lead Israel exactly where they needed to go. And he wouldn't take it away. He didn't take it away. You know what that tells me? You still have it. You don't feel it. Have you sat alone and asked for it? Have you turned off your phone, turned off Netflix, stopped talking to your whatever, told your kids, listen, mama needs some time with the Lord tonight. Do you get up early? Do you sit? Do you wait for it? Do you wait for it to come? And when he speaks, do you listen? Because right here he's saying he did not take it away. And we know out of the the New Testament, when we receive the Holy Spirit, it sticks with us. The burning bush in this pillar of fire is a clear picture of the controlled presence of God. The pillar was very controlled. It led an entire nation. The consuming fire knows how to control. 
himself. I used to be completely scared of God. Can I just be super transparent with y'all? I mean, like he was terrified me. I grew up and that's kind of what we were taught. <laughs> you know, if you lie, God is watching. And I just think mm, God's going to zap me dead because I definitely told some whoppers growing up for sure. Right now, I don't, I don't, I hate lying. I hate lying and I hate it like just don't lie to me i'd rather the truth be ugly than hear a lie okay but i was petrified of god because i had this outlook of god raining down fire from heaven and consuming me because he was angry at me and he was mad at me and he was like out to get me all the time like i wasn't just fear respected god i feared god like i was terrified of god okay and I, and I was, that was reinforced every time I went to church and, you know, my parents helped reinforce that as well. God bless. But, um, I had this fear, like God is out to get me. He is going to destroy me. And I realized this concept after I became filled with the spirit of God and got saved, he could, but he doesn't because the Spirit of God, God himself, knows how to control himself. He could, but he doesn't. He's the all-consuming fire that actually controls the fire. I want to read in Genesis, and I want to read you guys the story. Now, this is not the greatest story um, because it's a little like, yikes. But um, I think it's important because it, it it proves my point actually really beautifully, okay? Um, we all know of Lot and his wife, Pillar of Salt. I want to read you the passage of scripture that encapsulates that story, okay? You're gonna, we're going to pick it up in Genesis 19, and I'm going to pick it up in Genesis 19, 12, because I've got a lot of other places to go. Two men, God sent two angels to Lot. This is so beautiful. The two men said to Lot, two angels sent to Lot, they were actually sent to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Whom else have you here? They're, they're inquiring because they want to bring Lot out of his house so that he could be saved. A son-in-law and your sons and your daughters and whomever you have in this city, bring them out of this place. For we're about to destroy this place. <laughs> I mean, it's like plain. Listen, you come out or you're toast, okay? Because the outcry has become so great before the Lord, verse 13, that the Lord has sent us to destroy it. I'm going to skip down to 15. When morning dawned, the angels urged Lot, saying, up, take your wife and your daughters who are here or you will be swept away in the punishment of this city. 16, but he hesitated. But he hesitated. Here is God trying to say, I am about to unleash some fire, but you're not part of it. I want you to come out. I want to remove you. I want you to be saved. I want you to um, come out of this punishment. I want, come on, come on. I'm saving. I'm saving. I'm saving. But if you stay in there, you got to come out. 
lot hesitated. How many times has the Lord said, listen, I'm going to bring you out of this situation. You're not going to understand it. It's not going to be good. You're going to question. It's going to be confusing. You can't see the future, but I can, but I am going to bring you out. You're going to question me. You're going to probably complain a little bit, but I am delivering you because I am a controlled fire. Some things need to go away, but I am going to save you. But he hesitated. Lot was like, what's up with that? So the men, the two angels, seized his hand and the hand of his wife and the hands of his two daughters for, why? Why did they, why did they grab his hand? For the compassion of the Lord was upon him. I was scared of God, you guys, for 20 plus years of my life, literally terrified. Wouldn't even leave my house uh, and, and drive very far because I just knew uh, God was going to get me, okay? But when I read passages like this, I think to myself, what lies was I believing that I thought God was out to get me when I look at Lot, who wasn't a saint, by the way, P.S., by the way, he, he's, he's got some problems. I look at Lot and I think, look how much the consuming fire cared to deliver this entire family because the compassion of the Lord was on him. And they brought him out and put him outside the city. They said to him, verse 17, escape for your life. I'm not, I'm just going to generalize the the next uh, few verses. Escape for your life. Don't look behind you. Don't stay anywhere in the valley, which Lot actually did ask to stay in the valley. And they did grant him this request. But guess who looked behind her? Yeah, Lot's wife. Boom, salt forever. Verse 24. Then the Lord rained on Sodom and Gomorrah, brimstone and what? Fire from the Lord of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all the valley and all the inhabitants of the cities and what grew on the ground. He consumed it all. But he delivered Lot and his whole family. He is a controlled fire. He looked down, verse 28, towards Sodom and Gomorrah, Abraham, and toward the land of the valley. And he saw it, and behold, the smoke of the land ascended like smoke of a furnace. And then it came about when God destroyed the cities of the valley that God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow, for he overthrew the cities which Lot lived. You guys, he is an all-consuming fire that controls his fire. I don't know, this to me is like gold. For people out there, you know, you have you have relatives and they're like, no, I can't send my friend into a church. I'll just, you know, God will just zap me dead or the fire is just going to rain down on me. I can't go to church on Easter Sunday. Are you kidding me? I'm doing you a favor. You know, you know the people. I got them in my, I understand. I get it. Share this with them. God is so gracious. He has to be the all-consuming fire to overcome our enemies. He has to be that. He has to be the fire that burns up all the fire. But to us, he's our savior. He's our deliverer. He says, you know what? 
I'm going to bring you out because I've got compassion on you. He's an all-consuming fire, but he is a controlled fire. I want to go to um, my next passage, guys. And I just hope you're you're kind of in awe of the Lord as we're just like uh, chatting about this because we should be. We 100% should be. We should be in awe of the fact that he's the God that controls himself. We should be in awe of the fact that he is the God that stops what he could have let go because he loves me and you that much. I'm going to talk to you about the golden calf. Now, this passage just kind of creeps me out a little bit. But here we have Moses going up for 40 days. He was only gone for 40 days to get the Ten Commandments. Pretty big deal, P.S., by the way. He was only gone for 40 days, just 40 days. That's one month and 10 days. And guess what? People don't know how to wait. You think your waiting is hard? <laughs> the children of Israel were like, he must be dead. Let's build a golden calf. Uh, it's just 40 days is like no time whatsoever. And your waiting problems, let me tell you something right now. They ain't new. <laughs> they date back to, you know, this. But Moses uh, was up and he was getting the Ten Commandments. And I don't know why. Anyway, that's a, I, I can't tangent because I'm going to stay on course. But God is seeing this. He's seeing as he's trying to like give the law to Moses, pretty big deal. He's seeing the whole nation of Israel, not all of them, but um, a large portion of them create this golden calf. And so he tells Moses, because Moses don't got any idea. He's like, just give me the commandments. He doesn't know what's going on. Obviously, God's omnipresent. Verse 7, Exodus 32, verse 7. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, go down at once. For your people whom you brought up, I mean, he's mad, from the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. They have quickly turned aside. 40 days, not long to wait, guys. Not long to wait. I waited 10 years to start a ministry. I waited 18 years for my kids. It's just not long to wait. You've been waiting 40 days. Ask for the grace of God because God is still at work as he was trying to deliver the law of Moses, uh, the law, his law to Moses. They've quickly turned aside from the way which I commanded them. They have made for themselves a molten calf and had worshipped it and have sacrificed to it and said, this is your God, Israel, who brought you up from the land of Egypt. The Lord said to Moses, here we go. I have seen this people and behold, they are an obstinate people. Now let me alone. You know it ain't cool when God says that. You should be scared. So that my anger may burn against them and I might destroy them. And I will make of you a great nation. I'm going to destroy them, but I'm going to save you. I'm going to destroy all these people, but I'm going to save you. And I'm going to make you a great nation. Then Moses entreated the Lord, his God, and said, Oh, Lord, why does your anger burn against your people who you have brought up out of the land of Egypt with great power, with a mighty hand? Verse 12 in the middle of it says, turn from your burning anger. This is Moses speaking and change your mind about doing harm to your people. Verse 14 says this, and I, from time, I want to keep this shorter. So the Lord changed his mind about the harm, which he said he would do to the people. Listen, he controlled himself. What is one of the fruits of the Spirit? Galatians 5.22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, 
goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. What else? Self-control. Self-control is one of God's attributes. There's multiple times in scripture where God shows us this. We will never know or have an idea of the kind of control it took for God to literally control his consuming fire. We're never going to know. And one of the things as I, as I have just been studying this um, controlled fire side that the Lord spoke to me, and I want to make sure I get it right so that I, I tell you, is when we look at a fire and we see that it's all consumed, that is power. But is it not more mighty? Is not self-control more mighty than just all consuming something? I was blown away by this idea that God is so mighty that he controls himself when he could, just like he could in Exodus 32. He restricts himself so far back so that we are not consumed. I um, was thinking about Jesus in Gethsemane. How much might do you think it took for Jesus to wrap himself in flesh, be born? He had to be born, you guys. Be sent to earth. He had to be born. He had to come down and control all of the natural urges that you know that he probably had as God. He even said, listen, let me let me read it in Matthew 20, um, 26. I want to read this. Here we are in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he's praying before the Lord, obviously struggling. And uh, Matthew 26, Judas shows up. Verse 47 says, while he was still speaking, behold, Judas, one of the 12, Matthew 26, 47, came up accompanied by a large crowd with swords and clubs who came from the chief priests and elders of the people. Now, he who was betraying him, Judas, gave them a sign saying, whoever I kiss, he's the one sees him. Immediately, Judas went up to Jesus and said, hail rabbi and kissed him. And Jesus said to him, this is what he said to him, friends, why have you come? Then they came and laid hands on Jesus and seized him. Verse 52. Then Jesus said to him, put your swords back into place for all those who take up the sword shall perish. Do you not think that I cannot appeal to my father and he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels? Boom. I've got the power. I'm restraining myself. I'm the all-consuming fire, but right now I am controlling my fire because there is something bigger that needs to be done. How then, verse 54, will the scriptures be fulfilled, which is exactly what I just said, which say it must happen this way. At that time, Jesus said to the crowds, have you come with swords and clubs to arrest me as you would have a robber? Every day I used to sit at the temple teaching and you didn't seize me. But all this has taken place to fulfill the scriptures of the prophets and all the disciples left him and fled. Listen, 
he controlled himself to the point of death. The very fact that the all-consuming fire could control, could consume everything but doesn't, shows the power of self-control, using the power of the spirit to control in our own lives and what we do. One of the greatest shows of power is not consuming, is restraining. I think of Jesus going before Herod and Caiaphas and Pilate and him standing there not saying anything. They're asking him, they're poking him. He's silent. He says nothing. I'm thinking of the fact that he even let himself die. The control. And I want to just appeal to you guys just for a second. This is what stuck out to me as I'm studying through all of these passages of scripture and all the Greek and Hebrew and all the things. I just gave you a ton of examples of how God controls himself, which tells me how in control he actually is. He is so in control, not of us, just of himself, of us, of our lives, of what's happening to us. And some of y'all that are listening today, God bless, love you. I'm one of you. Do not believe he's in control. If he could control and restrain his own power, which could be unleashed at any second, and he chooses self-control, fruit of the spirit, proof that he's God, can he not also exercise that same amount of control over your life? Some of you guys are stressing out about what is going to happen in your future. How am I going to pay this bill? How am I going to do? And I understand. I'm a human. I get it. I understand what it's like to be like, I have no idea how I'm going to pay the mortgage next month. I have no idea. I have no, right now we're staring at Grace's college going, how in the world do people pay for college? <laughs> She's going to need about a lot of scholarship in order to do that. I understand the desperate desire to control, but when we seize our lives and when we say, God, I'm not going to let you in because um, you didn't come through in the same way that I thought you should have come through before, or you allowed this to happen to my life. How could a God that's in control allow this to happen to my life? So I'm not going to give you anything. I'm not going to let you in. I'm just going to seize control. I'm going to control my kids in the name of safety so they don't ever experience the freedom of the spirit of God. I'm going to control my husband. I'm going to control what happens in my life. I'm just going to control and I'm going to smother because that's what keeps me safe. Do you not understand that if you are a believer, you have the God that controls all things for you, that has the ability at any time, just like Sodom and Gomorrah, to rain down fire from heaven and, and to completely defeat the oppression that you're walking in. He, he is trustworthy. You can trust him just because you've been hurt in the past. Doesn't mean that he's still not the God that controls everything that concerns you and is for your good. Control is an idol that will never give you what you give it. Control is the trap that we think provides us safety, but actually it destroys us. I showed you so many examples of how the controlled fire is for you. I understand we go through devastating things. I have myself 
But every time I am faced to build a wall, to stop praying, to go inward, to say, God, you failed me. You failed me in this area. I remember that I would rather be in the control of a God that is for my good, that is saying, I'm working on your behalf. You don't see it, you don't understand it, but I'm working for you. I would rather surrender my control to his loving hand than to smother my life and be miserable because I think it brings me some element of safety. The God that controls himself when he could, but he doesn't, is the same good God that is watching over your life that is saying, just give it to me. Whatever that thing is, give it to me. And I can produce opportunity, hope, financial blessing that if you just surrender that thing you'd be wowed at what i'll do for you control is an idol that never gives us what we give it he is in control lord we love you today oh so much god you are so good you are just so good You're so good. I see, I see, Lord, how good you are. You controlled yourself for us. You went to the cross. Why did you, why did you even do that, Lord? You did it for me. You did it for every single person. You did it for us. You didn't have to, but you did it. And God, I'm just overwhelmed, Lord, by your goodness, by your restraint for me, for us. I thank you, God, for that person that is struggling with control right now. I thank you for them. And God, I pray that that you would open their eyes. I pray that you would press on their heart and say, you really aren't in control anyway. (laughs) But Lord, I pray that you would relieve the pain, relieve the need to control, bring them peace. God, help them release Whatever it is that is making them clamp down so hard. Lord, I pray for that mom today. She knows she's a helicopter mom and she needs to chill. God bless her, but she knows she needs to just chill. These babies aren't her babies. They're your babies, God. They're yours. I pray that you would give her the strength to let go and say, you know what, God? I've been controlling too much. Protection and control are two different things. I pray, Lord, that you would give her the grace to trust you and not her own control. I pray for that woman that right now that's trying to control her husband, make him do things. God, I pray that you would encourage that person. And I pray that you would say, listen, if you just release this, I'm going to work on him for you. Listen, I thank you that that prayer works, Lord. I pray for those people that are um, just got a bad medical report and they just, they're all there. They're scared. God, they're scared. Control is just a sign of us being scared about something. 
I pray, Lord, that as they're in an effort to control, God, I pray that they would release this fear to you and say, God, you've got to come into this. You've got to come in because I just can't carry it because I'll want to try to control the outcome of it. Tell them, Lord, that you're the God that can be trusted. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Every day, a new day, yeah. Vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day, yeah. Let's go, X, Y, Z, A, yeah. Are you new to this whole Jesus thing and don't know where to start? Or maybe you've been following him for a while and you want to dig deeper into the word of God. Then you've come to the right place. Each month, Autumn hosts an online, in-depth Bible study through Facebook Live called The Jesus Initiative. The Jesus Initiative is a monthly spiritual challenge to anyone willing to join and grow deeper in their faith. She covers topics such as how to wait when waiting is hard, moving forward in faith even when you're terrified, and how to combat the spiritual warfare in your mind. Autumn's desire is to help break down complex topics in a way that's easy for everyone to understand and implement into their everyday lives. The goal of the Jesus Initiative is to tackle real-life topics in a real-life way, grounded in the Word of God. Understanding the things of God doesn't have to be hard. If you're a believer who wants to grow in your faith and strengthen your relationship with God, these Bible studies will challenge you in all the right ways. Simply search Autumn Miles on Facebook or follow her on Instagram at, at Autumn Miles and click the follow button so you can stay in the loop for when the next Bible study starts. Every day, a new day, yeah. Vibing in the spirit makes me have a blessed day, yeah. Let's go, X, Y, Z, A, yeah. Okay, guys, we're back after that. I'm obsessed with that, all of this, this whole idea, this whole truth. It's truth from his word. God, I, I'm so thankful because I am a control freak. <laughs> truth be told, your girl struggles with control. I mean, who wants something bad to happen in their life? Nobody. And when I got out of my abusive, and, and maybe I'll talk about this at some point this year. It's a little too fresh now, but. When I got out of my abusive marriage all those years ago, there were there was an element of control that tried to keep me safe all of these years. And the Lord's breaking all of that off of me. And anyway, I'll talk about it another, uh, another time, but I hope that encouraged you. I have a question that's awesome. It says, sometimes I feel no matter how much I pray, I hear nothing. What do I do? Well, me too. Um, let me just say this. Sometimes when I pray, I hear nothing too. <laughs> Congrats. That means you're a believer. I want you to um, kind of discipline yourself at how you hear from God. How do you connect with God? Okay. It could be nature. It could be through worship. It could be through stillness. Obviously he speaks from his word, but I also want you to, and I'm reading this awesome book, which I don't have in front of me, but the book is all about solitude and um, I would suggest to you to take solitude, which means no phone, no nothing, no kids, no husband, completely alone. Get alone with the Lord and ask him to speak to your spirit. And sometimes I'll say, I hear nothing, but I feel something. 
sometimes God speaks through um, just a sense that sweet spirit that washes over us when he manifests his presence with us. Sometimes you don't hear, he doesn't give you a word, but he manifests his presence and he soothes your soul. Okay. So I would get alone in solitude and I would not leave until I sensed it. If you're longing for it, if you're hungry for it, he is so ready to communicate with you. But I would definitely use that time of solitude where nothing can interrupt it and you stay until you feel or sense the spirit of God. Okay. Testimony. I have so many profound stories that I could share. (laughs) I love these about the goodness of God. This person says they, from decommitting from my full ride volleyball scholarship to have a baby at 17 years old, to giving my second child up for adoption at 19, to leaving a domestic violence relationship of 10 years at age 22 and living in a homeless shelter for two years, I can finally see and share the goodness and the faithfulness of God. That is a testimony from someone that listens to the podcast. God bless you, my friend. That is amazing. Wow. Baby up for adoption, domestic violence, being homeless. And this woman is test. I think it's a woman. I don't know. It might be a man testifying about the goodness of God. That's among us guys. Send me your stories. Hello at autumnmiles.com. I want to hear everything. I want to hear all about it. I love to hear. I love to get to know you. You're bringing them in. We're hearing them constantly. There's yeah, a lot of you guys are emailing, but keep them coming because we want to get the ones out there that are just, you know, going to encourage everybody else. I want to come to you. I want you guys to host the podcast email hello at autumnmiles.com. And if you also have a story, hello at autumnmiles.com. I love y'all. This has been a blast. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. I'll see you next week. Next week is going to be the accessible fire. How do we access this fire and put it into practice in our life? You don't want to miss it. Very, very practical next week. Okay. Love y'all. I will see you next week on the Autumn Mile Show. Have an awesome week. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Autumn Miles Show. To find out more, go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, you can check out the many resources that Autumn has available, from her books and past episodes to her video series. We've got all the tools you need to help you grow deeper in your relationship with God. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com. To get connected and for more encouraging content, you can follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. We appreciate your prayers and support for this ministry. It's because of you that we have been able to impact millions of people worldwide and that we can continue to serve those who need to hear Autumn's message of victory and promise. Find out how you can come alongside us when you go to autumnmiles.com. Just search the top of the index for the support tab. Thank you for listening in today and be sure to join us next time for another episode of The Autumn Miles Show.